everyone. Welcome back to Girl Things the Podcast. I am Erin. And I'm Naomi. And this week we're coming to you with some juicy, well not that juicy, questions and some very interesting dilemmas that the loyal listeners have sent in for us to discuss and share our very non-expert opinions on but if you're expecting really sound informed advice this is definitely not the place I feel like you give really sound informed advice whoa okay you're great at giving advice wow thank you so much you're welcome uh so we'll rely on you to bring the the, the you know the real the gems the big rocks of information that we're after whoa okay stop 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 that is setting people up for disappointment <laughs> really early on in the episode. I can't guarantee that that will happen. No, you can't. And we'll also, try. I would just like to say that you yourself are good at offering wise advice as well. Thank you, darling. This is actually a compliment episode. This is so, compliment time. Um, we did have about four, um, they're not arguments, but we've had like, we've been, we've been getting, getting, uh, I don't know, frustrated is not the right word, but we're trying to set up and... Oh, right. We just have different strengths. We do. Erin is a real perfectionist. I'm a lot more of like, oh, whatever, it's fine. Like, let's just do it. Even when, like, the backdrop's ugly and... Which it wasn't. I just want to say it was some Polaroids were in the background, which I was like, that's cute. They're Mars's Polaroids beside his bed. They're cute. We're coming to you live from Mars's bedroom. (laughs) Uh, anyway, it's got the best light in the house. So a bit, of, a bit of BTS for you guys. We <laughs> argue about the backdrop of the video recording, even though we hardly do anything. And then we with the start videos. recording, and then we stop, and then we have to start again because we are a bit flat. But anyway, we're here. We're happy. We're good to go. And Naomi is going to kick us off with I am. your high, low, and something you're loving this week. Okay, my high was yesterday. I went for a beautiful winter's day swim at Clavelli with one of my friends. Shout out, Kels. It was such a nice day. We got there super early in the morning. We had like pillows and rugs and stuff and we just chatted yeah. and it was really lovely. And uh, Kelsey read some of, read some cards for me, like the tarot cards, mm. which is always really fun. Uh, so yeah, I've got a lot of prosperity coming anything, my way. Yeah, anything interesting yeah, with Yeah, a lot cards? of prosperity coming my way, a lot of uh, financial... I guess fortune approaching, which I'm really She's winning the lottery, winning the lottery. You heard it here first, or like a fat tax return. Uh, may, more realistic, more realistic. Uh, that's I'm genuinely hoping for that because the amount I get taxed is astronomical. So fingers crossed. Are we doing a pre euro or post euro tax return? I would love to a pre euro tax I return. Do. Have you already done your tax return? Babe, I am a Gemini. The, the 1st of July is my day Holy to shine. Shit. It's my favorite day Did you day get of much year. back? No, I haven't, like, it haven't, it hasn't been processed yet, but I've sent all the information. I'm Whoa, okay. I'm on top of it. Yeah, wow, no, I do need to. I've got my group certificate or whatever it's called these days, so it's ready to crack on. Amazing. But that was my high, just a beautiful day, because I was proud of myself not sitting in bed all day, which, honestly, the line of work I'm in, just being a nurse... Like, sometimes your first day off after a run of shifts, you actually just need to kind of just do the bare minimum. And I really, really felt that this week. Like, work has just been really hectic. And it was really nice just to spend a day in bed. Like, physically taxing or emotionally? Both. Just physically, emotionally. um, Yeah, just, like, running around all day, like, super frazzled. Yeah. Just trying to, like, stay on top of things. So... 
yeah, I needed a day like that. So it was nice yesterday to just be outside and soak up that, those winter rays. Just something about them hits different, mm, you know? It really does. And I am truly a solar-powered being. <laughs> I feel like that would be on a lame shirt. <laughs> solar-powered being. <laughs> solar-powered girly. <laughs> I'm going to get you a shirt that says oh, that. It's genuinely me, but no, it was really nice. So yes, my low is just that I'm just working every weekend, which I kind of somewhat need to because that's where you make your money in nursing is with the penalty rates but it kind of just sucks a bit because I feel like I just kind of miss out on things Mm. or you know you just miss out on the weekend vibe that's around on the weekend you know people are not working and yeah so I just feel like I don't really get to see Tony that much because I'm at work and he's out living his best life uh so yeah but that's my low. And then my something I'm loving is this nasal spray. Bit niche. Not for me. If you know, you know. It is not niche for you at all. It's like the most normal thing for you. When yeah. you told me, I was like, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it has this really interesting extract in it called carrageenan, which is like a seaweed extract. And it's really good for your nasal passages. And yeah, I'm really obsessed with rinsing my sinuses and just keeping my nasal passages <laughs> Uh, hydrated and moist and I think everyone should because it is truly the beginning of health that's where we we get so many little bugs through our nasal Nasal passages passages. so thank you for that I said you would bring the gems of advice today and you are thank you so much look at you just serving serving advice serving wise anecdotal advice I truly think that rinsing your sinuses is one of the first steps in just maintaining a good level of health. Mm. Yeah. I hate the feeling of rinsing my sinuses. Yeah, like it's not nice, but when you're doing it at least once a day like me, you just get used to it. Yeah, I don't like it, but I'll do it. Um, yeah. But yeah, one of the one of the first things you did say to me today was, you should get this nasal spray for the flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, also thinking, I'm okay. also thinking of the big Euro flight and how drying air conditioning areas. So yeah, get a nasal spray. This yeah, we've from got Flow some... Chemist Warehouse. Hit it up. <laughs> we'll post a pic. Uh, <laughs> we've got some big, some big flights. We do, yeah. Kind of. We're catching flights, not us. feelings. <laughs> Both, but flights Both. mainly. Catching feelings for each other and <laughs> our long-term partners. Um, I'll go now. So we, what was I going to say? My high was actually, I think my high was like us doing a little coastal walk last week, which was really nice. Posted a little reel on Insta, but we, um, we being Enrico, myself and the children, uh, just woke up early in the morning. We were meant to see the sunrise, but the kids kept whinging, so we didn't make the sunrise. Uh, but we did get to the beach and did like a nice long walk. We wanted to sort of, I don't know why we have to practice, but Rick is like obsessed with us practicing walking around Europe with the baby carriers, <laughs> even though we have two kids and we've been carrying them in okay, baby you're carriers. You're going to like Mount Everest. Yeah, but... <laughs> literally. I'm like... He's like, let's do a practice track, babe. Yeah, he's like, we need no, to do a practice not? run. Yeah, so we did the coastal walk with Mello and Mars both in carriers, like one on Enrico, one on me, uh, which was fine because we do it literally all the time. So yeah. we didn't really need the practice. But, um, I mean, it's good for Mars to get used to it because he's not usually in a carrier because he is quite big now, uh, but still well within kind of the weight limits. Uh, of being in a carrier. Yeah, like yeah. I think the weight limit's like 25 kilos oh, and he's right. like 14 or something. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, so we did that, which was really nice. The kids loved it. So nice getting them outside. Like we have to do that every day, but, um, yeah, it just takes the pressure off us, like constantly coming up with things to do and like feeling yeah. so many tantrums and stuff like that. So that was quite good. The worst part about it is that you're like, oh, we've been out for the day. That's so nice. Let's head home. Oh, it's 9.30 in the morning. That's great. <laughs> yeah. It's still, uh, 12 hours till bedtime. Cool. Um, but yeah, that was my high. And then my low was, I know everyone feels like this at the moment, but I just feel like I'm constantly avoiding a bug. Yeah. Which is why this episode is a little bit late. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just so frustrating. Like, I just feel like every day my kids get home from daycare, I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Like in the bath quick before you give me something like, oh, I don't know. Even though like (laughs) I'm going to get something when I kiss them, but it's just so frustrating. I hate winter for that reason. I mean, Mm. obviously you can get sick any time of the year, but I just feel like in winter, my immune system is just a lot lower and I just catch everything and it's so frustrating. So that's my low. No, but you're more like, just like our family. Down. I mean, yeah. not necessarily me, but like if Mello's sick, it very much impacts me more so yeah. than if I'm sick. Same with Mars, same with Enrico. It's True. like I'm dodging germs for four people, not just me. Mm. Like it's very impactful on our lives, no matter who's sick in the house. And yeah. so especially for me, I think as the mummy, uh, when the kids are sick, they want me. So it's True. like, it's not Rick's fault, but it makes it difficult. Mm. Um, and then something I'm loving is... Oh, yeah, what were you going to say? You've forgotten clearly. I don't remember. Look, I couldn't think... Of, to be honest, I couldn't think of something. That's okay. This week, I've been a little bit in survival mode. I don't think I have been... I haven't been keeping up very well with washing hair, skincare, reading, doing much of anything. So... Mm. Um, I'm not loving, loving a lot this week. Not loving anything. So that's sad. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are things I'm really loving. Mars was, I, last week I was complaining about him being, I wasn't complaining, but I was being transparent about his okay, tantrums. Also, you're totally allowed to complain about that. Thank you, darling. But I was being, yeah, I was just talking about him being like full of tantrums and having like a tough time kind of navigating those. But I'm pleased to report uh, mm. that in the last week he seemed to be a lot better, which is really nice. We've kind of really been strict on cutting down screen time and I want him. So amazing. Like a little doggy. All right. Uh, we're going to leave it there. We'll leave and... it there and we'll jump into the episode, Juicy Dilemmies. Okay. Number one, how do you know you're ready for a baby and also really maternal and want a baby, but not financially or mentally ready? It's hard waiting when you want one. Okay, first of all, um, it is hard. I want to validate that. It is absolutely hard. And as women, we are so like predisposed to go through those feelings of like cluckiness and also just constantly think about when we're going to have babies and what does that look like for our lives and our bodies and those that is a lot of pressure, whether you want one or not. But for this particular question, when do you know you're ready for a baby? You'll, if you're questioning being ready for a baby and you feel like there, and you can pinpoint specific things in your life that you feel like you want to be at a different phase, then you're probably not there. It's two parts. I mean, it's being ready to have a baby is different than your life being ready for a baby. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Like your internal emotional world feeling ready for that, but then also your external setup of your life is that 
is that going to work out well for you having a baby? Absolutely. Like, are you making the process as easy as you can for yourself? Because yeah. I think there's a difference between, like, throwing caution to the wind and being like, you know what, fuck it, let's have a baby. And then as a result of throwing caution to the wind, like, life is a little bit trickier with a baby. Maybe you have to cut maternity leave short because you're not earning enough money, so you have to go back to work sooner than you would have had you waited a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I think though that in, those internal feelings, really wanting a baby and, and being ready for a baby, I think that's up to you. If you feel like are feeling super maternal and like you're just craving that connection with a baby, I think one, that's an indication that you're ready to kind of love them and welcome them to the world, which is, you know, a large part of it. Two, I do think that, I do think there's something to be said about being, trying to be self-aware there and and exercise some perspective. Why do you feel like that? Is it because you genuinely feel like this is the time in your life where you want to experience motherhood and all that comes along with it? Or do you feel like it's filling an empty space or plugging a hole? Because if it's the latter, um, I would strongly advise against, I don't think it does either of those things. In my experience, you know, I love both of my babies more than anything, but it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Like they are absolutely needing 100% of me, especially for that first kind of year of their life. It is incredibly taxing mentally, emotionally, physically as well. And, you know, as much as in your, in your typical household, there are two caregivers, I think there is a there is an unspoken pressure or not even unspoken but there is a very heavy pressure on the primary caregiver which in our house is me the mum uh to provide a lot of the care and i just think it's it's really necessary to be aware of that as well i don't i think yeah to your point throwing caution to the wind sometimes that works for people Some, yeah that worked for us to be fair yeah it did um but, I mean, Mars was a surprise, but when we sort of decided, yep, okay, this is the the road, the path that we, we're on, that worked for us, but it's not going to work for anyone. And it wasn't without its ups and, you know, downs. It absolutely was difficult. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting my point across, but I think just be, be I, self-aware, I don't know. exercise I, I, some perspective. I think there's no there's no definitive answer for a mm. question like this, which, sorry, that's so annoying, uh, if you were looking for one. Because, oh, like, I just don't think it's something you can ever fully prepare for. Like, you can have a great job and you can have bought a house and be stable mm. with all of those things and you can have support around you. You can have all of these systems in place. And I still think that becoming a mum or choosing to have a, a baby or become be a parent, it's just, just going to shake you up irrespective oh, absolutely. of... Yeah, just irrespective but, of all the things being in place. Absolutely. But I think your experience will be different if you have all of those foundations to fall back on than it would if you're say the person that's financially and mentally you know not in the right place being maternal isn't going to fix anything so loving the baby is great and that's they absolutely need that but financial stability and and mental stability like feeling strong in yourself really crucial equally (laughs) as important i mean you you want to you want to enjoy your first baby. You want to really like you're never going to get that experience again. You want to mm. lap it up and just only worry about them. And of course that pr- life gives us a bunch of pressures, but I really think if you can have your life 
set up to the point that you can just focus on the baby. Like it is going to be, you know, slightly easier for Mm. you to navigate that, you know, fourth trimester postpartum period in your life. So completely valid that you feel that way. It's such a normal feeling for women, Mm. I think. Um, But I also think when you, when you are ready and things feel stable, you will know and you will, and you will be glad you waited for that time, I think. Yeah. I think becoming a mum's already really difficult. So waiting until you're financially and mentally a little more stable is going to be really beneficial in the long run. Absolutely. And also flagging that financial and mental stability is different for everybody. Yes. Financial stability isn't owning three, a property and two investment properties. Like, yeah, sure. That is pretty indicative of financial stability, (laughs) but it's not the only way. That's indicative of being really rich. Yeah. (laughs) In today's day and age. But it's also not the only way to be financially stable. Yeah. Having a solid job and getting paid maternity leave if you're in Australia and you have access to those things. Yeah. That can be your version of financial stability. I just want to flag that because it does look different for everybody. And in my life, my version of financial stability is very different to the other people yeah. that have children in my life. So I just wanted to, to flag that because I think we're so ingrained to think that it means like owning a house, like having Mm. 50 grand in the bank, like, or whatever it is. I think we're very like, we get pressured by that. It's not always, it doesn't work for everybody. It's not possible for everybody. No, definitely not. Amazing. All right. Next one. My husband can be really lazy and I'm motivated to get on with our lives, which doesn't seem like that'll happen anytime soon. That's tricky. That's also really difficult. I feel like I've put Tony in this position, but not from being lazy, from going to uni so much. (laughs) Whoops. Yeah, I think it depends also, like, how old you are, what you – the type of relationship that you have. Do you have the – Also, what are you wanting to do with your life that you feel like they're holding you back from doing? Because if it's, like, I don't know, going on trips or – I don't know. I can't really think of anything. Kids. But yeah, having kids or something. Well, I was going to say, like, there's things you can do by yourself to make that part of your life more satisfying. But Absolutely. Obviously you don't have not to... children, but yeah. there's little things that you could do where you feel like you're still getting the most out of your, your life. And I think that's the other thing is, like, as much as you're in a marriage, I think it's important that you recognise that you are your own person too and you can have experiences and do things that are fulfilling and make you happy without them or, you know, while they do what they need to do to get to where they are Mm. or where they want to go. But I also think, you know, is, are you communicating properly? Have you had this conversation with them? Sometimes it's maybe they're not being lazy as much as they haven't realized it's a priority for you or. Yeah. Um, and you've said husband, so I'm going to assume that they are a male identifying person. Uh, I can tell you now, like, they are just not mind readers, at least in my experience of having relationships with other boys and friends having relationships with other men. Uh, I think often they benefit from just being told straight up, like, hey, I'm feeling really stuck at the moment in our life and there's these things that I want to be doing. And I feel like... I think I statements are important. <laughs> if there's anything yeah. I've learned from other people, it's it's how you're feeling and you should have the space to communicate that to them, I think, and have them listen and hear you out and then together work towards how you can both feel like life is where it 
where mm. you want it to be, I think. I also just think for this one, how much of what you want is because you, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. Is it genuinely things that you want? How was life different before you got married? There's so many other questions here that I feel like we obviously don't have answers to. It's like, if you, if there's a place that you want your life to be, what's the, what is the barrier to that? What has been the barrier to that? And do you just want it to be there because that's where other people are? I think it's really important to reflect on Mm. that and understand why you want it and what it is about them or what they're doing that's actually holding you back. Yeah, I also think that often there is a lot of, there's a lot of reasons behind why someone might be coming across as lazy. Like, are they lacking self-confidence? Are they lacking self-awareness? Is them avoiding doing specific things coming across as lazy, but really they have a lot of doubt about themselves or... Mm. I don't know. I think I think getting to the bottom of why why you're perceiving them as lazy, I think getting to the bottom of that can maybe unveil like a deeper kind of reason as to why your lives look like this at the moment. Yeah, I think communication is really important. I think there's yeah. need, a big Absolute chat classic. needs to be had. Yeah, it's, it's giving time to sit down for a big chitty chat. <clears throat> time to sit down for a big chitty chat. I don't know. Like when, back. When, please, I would love to know. Uh, reveal your identity. <laughs> um, I think whenever things like this have popped up in mine and Tony's relationship, like I'll just stew on it for ages and just think mm. like, oh, you're such a dick. Like you don't want to do this and you don't want to do that. And like you're lazy and you're disconnected from me and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whoa, he's literally not thinking any of those things. <laughs> and you know what you do? You just kind of let that bottle up for months and months. <laughs> and then eventually you just kind of have a mental breakdown in the car with them. And you just cry and cry and cry. And you just like tell them everything. <laughs> that's our advice. <laughs> and, um... that's my, and that's my advice on that. So, <laughs> no, I think don't let it get to that point. I think, right, this is what personally I find helpful. Writing everything down that I find frustrating about the situation or that I would like to change. Realizing that I'm responsible for my own feelings. They're not forcing me to feel a specific way. Mm. I'm very important. Very important. Because often they're not making you feel anything. It's just your reaction to the situation. Write it all down. Sit down. Express how you are feeling. Don't make a reflection on them and what they are and aren't doing. But try to understand why they're behaving certain ways or why they're avoiding certain things. I think that's fantastic advice. Okay, beautiful. Loving that. Do you want to read the next one, babe? Take your pick. Uh, I'm struggling to stick to a budget. What do you use to budget slash how do you stick to one? I can't answer this, so. Why can't you answer it? Because I don't have a budget. (laughs) Because I'm a dink. Yeah, I mean, you have things to pay. I have things to pay, but, like, I, I know in my mind that I earn enough to pay for the things. Beautiful. Yeah. How uh, to stick to a budget. I don't know, just work a lot so you've got money. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I am the opposite of Naomi. I actually enjoy the process of budgeting mm. and sticking to a budget and trying to kind of organize my life that way. I'm, a, I'm quite an organized person when it comes to those types of things. So I have a very seasoned spreadsheet that I love updating, love filling out. Uh I would say, first what, like, of all... What categories are in your spreadsheet? Yeah, so I would say, first of all, write down everything that you know you need to pay for in a month, if that works. You could do it weekly or fortnightly, if that's kind of your pay cycle. I would recommend doing it on your pay cycle. So if you get paid weekly, do it as a week budget, 
etc etc I just think it breaks things down in the way that you have money coming in so you never feel like you're spending more than you're getting Mm. so I would write down everything that you have to pay for and then how much money you know or you project you'll make across that you know period so say you do it for a month how much money do you make each month and then start bucketing that money away so I will make my spreadsheet and I break it down per function so like a bill bills groceries daycare uh a portion for savings you know whatever else you have rent anything like that uh and then I personally have my bank account separated into buckets so I know you can do this with a lot of banks um but I have like a number of accounts so that everything can be separate so when I get paid I split up that pay into its you know relevant bucket whether that be a grocery bucket or whatever it is and then I just spend from there and I know what I have for the fortnight or the month she's one of those annoying people that you go shopping with them when you get to the checkout say at Aldi she's like just sorry one second I just need to transfer money yeah, she's standing there transferring the money on the spot. This is what I mean. This is why I'm like, I'm oh my con- god, it I'm, kills me. I'm very organized with actually doing the budgeting. I'm just terrible at being organized with things like like transferring before I go into the shop or something. Yeah, because and it's like, like our, our local shopping center has the worst reception ever. So then she's like, "Oh, sorry, sorry," <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, this we're okay. at Aldi. This I is like the Speedway of that. shopping centers." I haven't done that in the longest time. You're like, no, using because one you got example. a credit card. Yeah, so that's my other thing. Now I will just I'm use my <laughs> I will just use my credit card on the day, like when I'm paying for things, and then I will like transfer all of the money back when I get home or whatever from mm. its relevant bucket. I'm finding that's working really well for me. But if you don't feel like you are disciplined enough to have a credit card, wouldn't recommend it. If you have a savings account, make it a savings account that doesn't instantly transfer money from that account into your access account. Mm. So my savings account, if I want to take money out of it, it takes like 24 hours to move into my normal accessible everyday account. Mm. And that has stopped me from making silly purchases. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. I do have a tip. I don't do that, but that is a good one. Yeah. It works well for someone like me who can have, like, impulsive tendencies. Yeah, see, I yeah. don't. So I don't feel like I have to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's the that's the saving tips. Not anything unheard of, but just, yeah. Yeah. Be organised. Yeah. Um, Erin, how did you decide on your kids' names, Mars and Mello? For Mars, we had... We both Enrico and I found it really hard to agree on a name. Like he didn't like a lot of the names I liked and he also didn't really offer any suggestions. So for months <laughs> it was just like, nah, don't like that, don't like that, don't like that. And I was like, okay, cool. So it's gonna be baby, no name because you haven't given me anything. Mm. And then for Mars, he was gonna have a different name, which was Bear, B-E-A-R, like the animal. Uh my gosh, she's just not a bear. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm so I'm, glad you didn't call me I'm that. also very glad. But everyone was like so – it was – we were pretty set on that name. Oh, like, yeah. I remember some of the our friends referring to him as that for quite I have a, while. a number of, like, letters that were written or, like, birthday cards that they would write to me when I was pregnant and be like, can't wait to meet Bear. Yeah. I have a book that someone wrote it in. Yeah, it's people very much were like – we were pretty certain that was his name. I actually remember very vividly. I, I 
saw the name Mars because I followed someone online and their kid's name was Mars. And I was like, oh, that's a cool name. Uh, and we really liked, we knew his middle name would be named after. Thank you for admitting to that because I feel like there's so many people out there who are just like, yeah, no, we just like just came to me in a dream and I thought that was going to be their name. It's like, no, you saw some influencer on Instagram call their kid that and you liked the name. Like, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. That's where you get names. That's how we all get our names. Yeah. Um, well, not us because... My mum read mine in a book, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, my mum read mine in a book called The Bible. So. <laughs> my mum read mine in Jesus' book. Um, <laughs> my name is Holly Erin. Okay, thanking you so much. She had an extra L for Holly, but... Um, so, yeah, so we had there, we were certain on it until I actually remember very vividly. So I'd said to Enrico, oh, the name Mars is like kind of cool, but he was still really set on bear. And I remember I said it to someone, I'm such a people pleaser. I said it to someone and they were like, oh, that's interesting. Like, that's a bit of a bit of a odd name. And was I was it like, mum? no, it wasn't. Oh. And I was like, oh, God, like is it too weird? Like, is it too yeah. much? You never want to be. In my, my opinion, which doesn't really matter. Yes. It's too much. It's too much. The thing is, I really wanted to Can you imagine him growing up and, I don't know, being a tradie or something and going up to some other man and being like, oh, hey, I'm Bear. What? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Look, I really, I don't mind the name. And I've actually come across a few other bears since now they're like baby people who've had babies and named them Bear since I've had Mars. Sorry if your kid's named Bear. No one I know personally. I don't think anyone listening. Uh, maybe. No, but like, obviously you just get used to names. Yeah, exactly. Just personally don't love it. Yeah, but yeah, Enrico was really, really set on it. And then someone kind of was like, oh, that's a bit weird. And I just like, I really wanted a happy medium between something everyone, not everyone had, but then something that wasn't so obscure. It's like an eye roll. Yeah, people. yeah. So I feel like Bear was really treading on thin ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I remember vividly, I was doing my, like, maternity shoot. It was just, like, with my sister-in-law. I loved it. It was so nice. We were at, like, a cute little beach. Yeah. And um, I said to me, like, oh, I don't know about Bear. Like, I don't know if it's a bit much. I was, like, 34, 35 weeks pregnant. And I was, like, what about Mars? Like, it's cool. It's short. It's simple. His middle name is quite long. So, I was, like, it's nice to have something simple. And he was, like, you know what? I love Mars. Let's do it. And so, from then, it was Mars. Um, and then he was born and I remember after he was born, Enrico said to me, so what are we naming him? And I was like, what do you mean? What are we naming him? We've been calling him Mars for a month and a half. Like, anyway, I was like, boys. Um, and then for Mello, Enrico and I still argue about this, but he says he came up with it, but I swear to God I did. Anyway, you think Enrico did? Everyone thinks he did, but I swear to God it was me. I do think it was Rick. Was it? I don't know. Well, okay. You don't. No, I just, I'm saying, I don't know, because I don't want you to hurt me. I'm pretty sure it was Enrico. It's fine if it was Enrico. (laughs) I guess. I'm just joking. Yeah, I remember when you were pregnant with Mello, he would just, we'd stand in the kitchen and he'd just look around at things and he'd just start saying random words. (laughs) He'd be like, "Uh, cupboard, (laughs) cuppy, cuppy, what about cuppy? He's like, "Uh, a flower, a daisy, dizzy, what about dizzy? No, we're not calling the fucking baby dizzy. Yeah. Okay, what about all day? Oh, know, my God. So but uh, I think there's a song by Ocean Alley called Yellow yeah. Mellow. And Enrico was like, this is such a cool song. Let's go with his version of events. He heard the song. He's, he loved it. He was like, let's name it Mellow. It being the baby. But yeah. we didn't know it was a girl at the time. So we came up with Mellow. It was probably five or six weeks pregnant. Like yeah. pretty much straight after we found out. And I was super hesitant 
on the name. I was like, it's 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 giving bear. It's too much. It's too different. Yeah, how funny. I was like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like almost a bit, like not embarrassed, but I'm a bit like, oh, to tell people. So I was like, no, we can't name her that. But it's so weird. You know what is crazy to me? People, when people ask me their names and I say, oh, this is Mars. They're like, oh, Mars. And then I say, this is Mel. It's like, wow, that's a beautiful name. They don't even bat an eyelid. It's like Mars is the weirder name to them, that's which is so, so crazy to me. I'm like, have you ever met a Mellow? I've never met someone called yeah. Mellow in my whole life. There's, I don't think there's many kids named Mellow. But do you know what I love about that? Mm. <laughs> it's gross that I'm going to admit it. But I love that if someone that I even kind of know names their baby <laughs> Mellow, I'll know it yeah, was like, copying me. That will feel. That would be so satisfying for you. It's so satisfying. You yeah. just, you know me. Yeah. But um, it's more that I would just love to know. Not that I would be like. You can't call your kid that. No, fuck. Change your own name to Mellow for all I care. But. <laughs> I just, yeah, I love that. Anyway, that's how we came up with them. Basically, they're the only two names Enrico liked in a long, long, long list of names. Yeah. All right, I'll read the next one. Uh, How have you managed to stay friends for so long and with very different lives? Honestly. Couldn't tell you. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I truly couldn't tell you. Like, we've spoken about this, I think. Yeah, we've definitely touched on it. Go back and listen to our um, friendship Friendship, episode if you want more of an in-depth answer. But I think... We, I don't, I don't know. I, I think what it is, is that we've been in each other's lives for a really long time with a very deep understanding of each other's backgrounds. So there's mm. no need to like fill in those big gaps that make us who we are. Uh, we've also had like moments of drifting apart and then coming back together mm. and nothing really ever changing. I don't know. I think from the moment we've met, we've always been, we just have formed a very deep connection and a deep yeah. bond and there's not a lot in life. I think that would shake that. No. And I think as well, I am very much a person who needs you to have that context in knowing yes. me. Like I'm not a very, it's not that I'm not an open book, but I won't like delve into the the depth of my past with like any old person. I'm not like an oversharer. I mm. don't think other than like my day to day sort of life. So for me, it's so important to have, I really like a value our friendship and hold on to it mm. a lot. And so I think also like I care about you and you care about me. Like I ask, we, we very much ask about each other's lives. We're both invested in each other's lives. We've managed to create like you know, a relationship with Tony and Rick as well, we, where we yeah. all kind of love each other and can be together. And I think that's really helped us stand the test of time on top of that. Yeah. But then I also think like we did have periods when we were younger, when we would kind of grow apart for a bit and they were very influenced by, in my opinion, age. Like yeah. 18 months isn't a lot, but when you're 18 and 16, it is. Yeah. Or when you're in school and out of school, it yeah. does feel like a lot more. Uh, but I think for the last, like, what, 10, 11 years, we've seen each other multiple times a week. Yeah. And have never wavered. And it's just, I don't know, we just, we give we give a lot to our friendship, I think. It's not without effort. It is and it isn't. Yeah, it's it's effortless in the sense of, you know, I can message her and be like, hey, I'm going to come over. And she was like, yeah, no worries. Whereas I would say with, like, a lot of other friendships that people have, it's like, hey, when are you free next? Like, let's go get dinner or yeah. let's go do oh, this. Like, so weird we would just never that. do that. We're <laughs> no. just like very comfortable with each other. Um, yeah. I don't know. I wish we had more of like 
advice on like how we've managed to stay friends but it's kind of something that's just really like naturally occurred it's never had to be something that was forced I don't think I also think I hear a lot of people say like oh I'm just too busy like I'm too busy to maintain like a friendship at the moment and it's like I don't know like you're not yeah like I understand I understand there are there are relationships in your life that require more effort that when you are busy it does feel like you're you're having to give a lot more to it but Mm. for us I just feel like that's never like yeah you you're very much you're like furniture you're you're always there like you're you're like a comfort. I'm the stain in your couch. You can't get out. That's what I am. <laughs> Been scrubbing for fucking years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. We've just like managed to stand the test of time. I think. Yeah, but it's not for lack of effort. Like we both give a lot to this relationship. Oh yeah, this isn't just. This doesn't just happen. Well, no. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like we're, th- we're committed to like making our friendship work because we both value Absolutely. its importance. Equally. And there have of course been times where like I had a baby and you were like, you know, we've spoken about you being like, oh, I don't know, like, is this going to change things? Oh yeah, and- when Erin told me she was pregnant with Mars, I was obviously really excited, but a part part of me was devastated. Yeah, like, I was genuinely like, everything is going to change. Like we've discussed this in another episode yeah. in depth, but but I think yeah. you then being like, no, like I want this relationship to work and me also being like you're my best friend, like that's there's yeah. no there's there's no question mark at the end of that is like we made it work. Like you love Mars like he's your own child. Yeah. Uh okay, what? top tips for communication. I struggle telling people how I feel. <laughs> you and me both babes. Well, yeah, I feel like you can talk to this a bit more. I mean, I do as well. I'm not always the most open in terms of my feelings being communicated. You know what? This is your red flag. Oh you okay. maybe your beige flag. You think that you're an open book. You're like, yeah. No, I'm not though. I, I always know. tell people how I feel, but it's like, no, you don't. You, you. It's no, I let you... I let things bottle up until I actually absolutely. You're they great. fall out of me. You're great. <laughs> Your bum hole. You're great <laughs> at <laughs> until I'm shitting myself and crying. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're great at communicating with people. You're great at giving people the space to open up to you, but you don't often give a lot back. <laughs> no. Like you're not, you're not Sorry, delving your like deepest, darkest secrets. No, you know but in a way that's not thing. obvious. It's actually a gift. <laughs> you know what? You should do it more. I know it's crippling you, but you should do it more. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not open up? Yeah. Keep bottling. It's working for all of us. <laughs> no, I think what it is, is if people aren't very directly asking me and checking mm. in with me, I'm just not telling people, which is one of my downfalls because not many people are comfortable enough to ask, like, what's happening with you? How are you feeling? Actually, no, see, because I would ask someone, how how have you been how you been feeling at the moment? Or, like, are you and blah, 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 all good? But or... not everyone does. No. Um, and you also need, like, a very direct question. Like, if I say to you, how are you feeling at the moment? You'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit tired with work, but you're not, like telling me about the like cry you had about like something very specific that's happened yeah you need me to ask about that specific thing which is not that I don't think that's a healthy way for me to be no it's not it's not um yeah look I actually don't have any tips because I'm now just in this very moment reflecting I'm actually quite bad at communicating how I'm feeling um and I'm and I do struggle with telling people how I feel I think well I don't know now I'm just thinking about the times I've walked in here crying all the times I've walked into other people's homes yeah crying. but you're thinking about the what five times you've done that yeah that's not, not a five. lot yeah I think that those points are when you've reached your limit 
Yeah, but you're doing that when you've let it bottle up to the point that like you're there's cracks. You're you're coming undone at the seams. Yes, but I'm just thinking now, I don't necessarily know if that's a terrible thing. You know, like this person saying, what's your tips for communication? I struggle telling people how I feel. I do get to the point eventually where I'll express how I feel, but I'm not doing it like day to day. And I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. I don't, I think there is quite a societal pressure to be like really open with your feelings and like, tell me how you're feeling. We're living in this very over therapized culture where there's this expectation that you know we all we all have some kind of trauma we don't just btw uh that's an overused word people with genuine ptsd are crippled by it we don't Mm. all have trauma we've experienced like traumatic events in our life yeah but we don't all walk around with like a ptsd response to things that is crippling you know i don't know i'm just thinking now like I mean, like, keep struggling to tell people how you feel. Who cares? You'll t- you might tell them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if you're lucky. No, that's terrible the advice. Thing, no, like, I think for me, there are times where I would love to open up to people, where I feel like it would, you know, further a friendship or mm. it would create a bond that you can't, that's not going to come otherwise. There are absolutely times where I feel like, yeah, I would love to be able to open up to people, but I'm just not the type of person who's going to delve into the the depths of my past with any old gal, you know, or guy. Yeah, It's just not who I am. I don't know. Sometimes I think as well, we often struggle to tell people how I feel because we ourselves don't know exactly how we feel. Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of the time that comes down to just lacking the vocabulary or the words around how to express feelings within ourselves or just not really knowing how you feel like having kind of a model which you know what sometimes breaking the communication barrier and starting to talk about it will help you figure out how you feel you know what I think a good tip is ask them how they feel hey how are you going at the moment like what's happening with you they'll start talking if they don't ask you back pick up something in they said that they said in theirs validate you know see how they you know, chat about how they're feeling and then say, oh, you know, I've been having a similar experience because I've been going through this. Try and like bring it about that way. Yeah, that's good advice, actually. Um, I think if you do that, it, it opens up a space to have that type of conversation, which I think kind of breaks down the barrier a little bit. Yeah, I think as well. People want to know how you're going. People want to know how you're feeling. Whenever I do eventually open up or, you know, be a bit more expressive about how I'm feeling, people is like, I never knew that about you. Like, I want to know what's happening. And I'm like, oh, of course you do. Like, you love me. You want to support me. You want to know how I'm actually going. I will start talking to you about my feelings. <laughs> Thanks for loving me. Okay. Yeah. Uh I think this is one of our last ones, but this one says, what are your thoughts on fate, particularly around relationships? I've had a crush on someone for 10 plus years, but we're both, we've both been in and out of relationships and the timing has been off. I feel like there's definitely something drawing us together. I'm single at the moment or I'm single now. Do I wait for him? Mm. Oof. <laughs> That's a She's big a one. tough one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. My, First of all, neither of us the, have ever been in this situation. <laughs> yeah, no. But I think I think maybe we answer like the first part of the question then get into the second part. Mm-hmm. Because the first part is what are your thoughts on fate, particularly mm-hmm. around relationships? Personally, 
I don't really believe in that whole concept of I'm I'm fated to be with someone. There's been plenty of people in my life when I was younger, you know, out of school and things like that, that I probably could have been in a relationship and probably could have been quite happy with and made it work with, you know. Mm. Agreed. There's there's always gonna there's always someone there's always gonna else be you someone could have dated. yeah exactly or married or been in a long term relationship with or had kids with always there's still there's people out there now that you the could have I that find, with the thing I find hard about fate is like you know how there are some people that like get married and they're they're so happy they're the happiest they've ever been with that person and then you know ten years down the line whatever however long down the line it doesn't work out or something happens or whatever and then they happily marry someone else and. I'd, I think it's hard to argue fate there because they loved both people. Like, they've fully they've fully been in love. They've experienced that mm. happiness. That's not fate. That's A lot of that is a choice. Also, relationships are such fucking hard work. I refuse to think that fate's involved. Like, this is, <laughs> I'm putting in these, these hard yards. This is not yeah, fate. This is, yeah, this is not that. <laughs> I do think there are things that feel like fate in a relationship. Sometimes totally. meeting someone feels like fate or, you know, realize realizing those like degrees of separation like oh my god I was there I was at that concert that year and you were there that's crazy imagine if we met things like that can feel mm. like fate but I also think we it's being actually like, just a small world and a lot of coincidental things happen yeah I think we, we romanticize that a totally lot. and that's, I think it's gonna make that point yeah as much as you want to avoid romanticizing that because the prospect of that relationship is something that you've obviously been thinking about a long time especially considering you're saying you know you feel like 10 plus years but I'm again going to be brutally honest if something was going to happen between the two of you it probably would have happened already I think so too like there are obviously a bunch of other questions in in here it's like have you ever been single at the same time before have they ever expressed those feelings back towards you like you feel like there's something there which I feel like as I'm assuming this person is female but that is very much an assumption um you know I feel like females are very perceptive and if you really feel like there's something there maybe they have given you an indication of feeling those things in return but be sure of that you are potentially building something up that you know there's it's yeah. not going anywhere but I also think if you're single now are you going to be actively waiting for them or are you meaning do I just kind of hang out and see what happens because if that's the case I think yeah hang out and see what happens if you're newly single there's no reason to rush into another relationship spend some time by yourself if it's meant to happen yeah maybe it will you don't you don't want to don't put yourself in a position where you're you know professing your love to someone who's obviously currently in a relationship with someone else well this is giving the indication that this person is in a relationship because the person asking yeah. this is do i wait for him yeah but that's what i'm saying you're single he's not so yeah so don't be a homewrecker yeah it's so normal to feel this way like we we had we briefly spoke yeah. about this earlier and i think we both were like yeah there's there's I know I know other people who feel like oh man like I don't know maybe there was something there and I sort of let it go or of course that's that's human nature I think we consume so much content on social media and watch so many movies and stuff that it it feels so glamorous yeah when the the reality of long-term committed relationships is usually that they're pretty mundane and they're not full of rainbows and fireworks and big you know professings of love um so I think be careful that you're not 
thinking that's something that might happen if you two were to end up together. You also don't want to put your life on hold for someone who, from what I can gather from this limited amount of information, is invested in a relationship with someone else. Mm. I don't know. I just, for me personally, I don't believe in this concept of being fated to be with a particular person. I think all long-term romantic relationships take commitment from people, take effort, take a lot of mm-hmm. communication. That That's long-term relationships to me. What would be like your old, so they're saying like, should they wait for them? What's your one key piece of No, you shouldn't advice. wait for them. And I'm sorry because I would love to get on the romanticizing bandwagon and be like, they're probably the love of your life and you should explore this and you should go for it. But it's been 10 years. Nothing has ever eventuated. It doesn't sound like that we know Mm. of. Doesn't look like anything's happened. It feels like, and sorry if this is putting a damper on it for you, but it feels like there's probably a lot of romanticizing of this person going on and a romanticizing of a life when in reality it would probably be probably be quite different. We all have someone we've met in our lives or were connect really connected to at some point that you probably felt like, oh, this could really be something and then it didn't end up happening. You moved on with your lives and, you know, maybe you see a photo of them every now and again or you hear from them every now and again. You're like, oh, what what could that have been? Like mm. I, I definitely have people in my life like that where I'm like, I wonder what could have happened there. But it didn't happen and I'm with Tony and I love that man a lot but like our relationship takes a lot of work and it would have been the same with anyone else mm. had I ended up with somebody else. Nothing's nothing no relationship is easy and fuck if you find that your relationship is easy you should start a podcast. I would start a <laughs> podcast because I would just love to hear about two people who just like are together because they just like madly fell in love with each other in the shopping aisle or something like that. Oh my god, I would love to I would hear love about that, that too. I, you. And you know what? I do believe that. Oh, I believe that, that, that can to happen people. to people. And I think that that's so Just sweet. But not also, most people. all of the examples I'm thinking of in my head right now happen on TV. So I don't know how much of it is just <laughs> seeing things on television. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And thinking, so cute. Like, if that happens, so cute. Yeah, like, there is not, not one, one couple. I know that is in existence from like some kind of like meet cute happening. I really feel for this person because that's really tricky. That but is really tricky. I, don't know. I just feel I like... don't think you should actively wait for anyone ever. I don't care what situation you're in. I think do you for a little while. Figure out what you like and what you want to do and what your kind of non-negotiables are in a relationship. Work on your kind of communication skills and all of those types of things. And if they end up being single and you have the opportunity where later on you want to profess like these feelings you feel like are there I mean no one's stopping you but I think now's yeah, not the time to sit around stopped, and wait for that what has stopped them in the past if, if it's 10 years and at no point in that time have either of them been single like I find that kind of interesting yeah I'm just like there's where well, maybe they've never been single at the same time at the same time mm. I mean DM us share more seriously can you oh my gosh I would please whoever you are I really want to know because this is really interesting. Yeah, it is super interesting. Um, and know, you know what? If you end don't up... Don't wait. Please don't wait for someone. No. I just, you can't put your life on hold for the, I don't know, the prospect of also, something. Also, you're inviting some level of resentment when you, if you eventually ever do get together. Yeah. Like, oh, I waited for you for years. Like, mm. it's not fair that blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you, we, don't, we don't want that. That's not a vibe. That's not going to be fun for you or for them. I really want to know what is it that draws you to them. Like if you, if you, yeah, they better be fucking hot. Um, 
No, is it because you've shared intimate moments? Like, have you slept together and it was incredible? Have you had, like, amazing conversations? Have you... Yes, has he, so interesting. Have he or she or they brushed the small of your back one time and, you know, gave you... Cute. You love this shit. Bless. That's so cute. You're definitely fated to be together. No, that, it's so true, though. Like, this is such limited information like amount of information it's Mm. impossible to like deduce exactly what but like yeah have you slept together have you kissed has there been a moment where you know you were both sitting on the beach just giggling at each other and you were like wow you're the one for me yeah and then for some reason nothing happened and you just kept thinking that all of these years what is it like I feel like I'm even romanticizing it I wasn't the right person to ask babe bad news (laughs) yeah wait for no, I'm kidding. Don't. No, don't. No, 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 I'm, don't. I'm the, I'm being the pessimistic realist here. I don't think you should wait. For it's not pessimistic. I think it's honest. You you shouldn't wait. There's If it hasn't happened by now, 10 years, you're telling me there's no point or, you know, I'm assuming there's no point you've ever been single together. It's, sorry, but. I just feel like that's. If it was going to happen, it would have happened already. They've and obviously, you, they've obviously been romantically interested in other people. Yeah. To a point strong enough that it didn't lead them to you. And also... Sorry, that's probably harsh because That is very harsh, but very true. You obviously have some level of connection or crush or something on this on this person. And I'm sure it's reciprocated in some way because but, I do think women are perceptive, but obviously it's not enough for them to kind of profess their, their love or like mm, for you. And also 10 years... I'm sure you're a catch, just BTW. Yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm sure anyone would be lucky to have you, but... 10 years of like having a tiny little crush on someone, you are, to be blunt, absolutely blind at this point to any of their red flags, downfalls. A relationship would shake you to your core. (laughs) Probably. And it would probably be really disappointing. Also, I think sometimes it's nice just to leave the fantasy of a person as a fantasy of that person. Mm -hmm. You know, the reality of the relationship is likely going to be really different to what your wandering mind has set it up to be. Get a picture of them and start picking apart every tiny little detail of them that you hate. Um, and maybe that will help you. Actually, a video would probably work better. Um, yeah. If you can see 360 of their whole body and you can just like, I don't know, the earlobe's a bit annoying, whatever it is, yeah. pick it to shreds. Until you hate them. Until you get the ick. And then move on with your life, sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) I knew we'd be bad at this. Uh, Anyway, we will catch you all next week. We love you. If you sent these, uh, send us some follow-up info. We'd love it to hear it. Particularly this last one. If you sent this, you have to send us some follow-up information. Even if we put up in another anonymous box. This sucks for this person. It does suck. I do feel for them. But also, don't wait for them, sweetie. No. You're a catch. I'm sure you're a babe. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.